0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's d-h-a-r-m-a-media.com. All right, welcome back everyone to Conversations. And Z man, we have a full house today. We've got peace back in the house. We have Jante. We have Caitlin. We are ready to have a conversation talking about honor, talking about reverence, talking about some of the things that your old ass attaches a lot of importance to. And as we're discussing this, back in the day, it feels like things were different, or maybe you just live by a different set of standards than what we see today. So if we look at your life, There's a certain code that you live by, as we've been talking about. You stick to your word. The whole reason the Dharma Health Institute exists is because of the promise that you made to Mr. Navies that you would use your knowledge to help humanity. There's a tendency you have to just take care of other people. And at times you do it because they're clients. At times you do it because they're friends. At times it might just be that people need help and you're there and you can help. You don't really think about what the cost is. You just do it. There was the tsunami back in 2004, and without really thinking about what it would take to help, you felt like you had to help. You got on a plane, you went out there, you spent time over there, and not only were you able to help, but that was very restorative for you. So it's not just something that you do out of the goodness of your heart. There's a certain benefit that you get. Reverence is a part of this too, Uh, having respect for traditions, having respect for knowledge, having an appreciation for the people, the mentors who've shaped your life, also having a respect for your own limitations, uh, for the fact that we don't know everything. We've been talking about people who get into trouble sometimes on podcasts or on social media because they try and come off as authorities and they get over their skis. Not that they're necessarily saying anything that's blatantly wrong, but they're positioning themselves as an authority without really disclosing the limits of their knowledge, without disclosing the fact that it's provisional, there might be other points of view to consider, because that's not something that people want to hear. It's not as sensational. It doesn't draw in as much attention. So it's interesting because we live in this world today where it seems like there isn't a place for honor and reverence. These things just aren't rewarded in the material world. The things that are rewarded are the things that we can quantify, and that's why we want to have the likes, we want to have the houses, we want to have the cars, we want to be able to take pictures of things and have standard measures that we can share with other people. So when we go to cocktail parties, we can talk about how much money we made on Tesla or Bitcoin, or how many vacations we've been on. There are a, a standard, or a series of standard measures that we've all bought into. And these are measures of success, and this is evidence theoretically, if a life well-lived. If we parade this around, we feel like, okay, we've done something with our lives. The problem with this is that in practice, often it doesn't work. We can have a tremendous amount of money, but maybe we don't have health. Maybe we don't have good relationships. Maybe we die alone. Uh, We can have a ton of followers on social media, but no friends and no intimate relationships. So what becomes interesting is that the things that we can't necessarily quantify – Uh, These concepts of honor and reverence, uh, some of the things that may seem outdated actually have a place in this world because without them, we end up in more of a meaningless existence uh, where there's no foundation of substance. We have nothing to fall back on. We don't have that character. And when I think about character, that's really the building blocks of ourselves. Uh, Do we feel good about who we are? Do we have something that we believe in? Do we have a code that we live by? And if we do, then we don't always have that uncertainty as we go through life about, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? And when we have that uncertainty, life is kind of a race. It's a scramble to find something that has meaning. But we're always searching in the wrong direction. We're searching for these standard measures, these things that we can quantify. The more subtle aspects of ourselves, but those that are the deeper aspects of ourselves, the more foundational aspects, we ignore. And then we're constantly struggling excuse me, we are constantly struggling to fill that void without even realizing what's really missing. Uh, So it it becomes a pretty interesting situation. And as we kick off this conversation, there are different directions we can take it, but I just want to hear from you and uh, what some of your experience has been, the way that you've lived versus what you see in today's world. Uh, Give us a sense for what that disparity is and what the role is today. Uh, If you look at the world is there still a place for honor and reverence?
1: Yeah, Vin. I, I I'm going to really be careful, and I hope everybody, um, Jay and Caitlin, please keep me in check to not be too nostalgic, because things weren't. Uh, you look back on the past. Oftentimes they have this old saying: the the older I get, the better I was. You know, and I I don't want to do that. I want to really think about where I'm at right now, and the things that. Helped me through very very difficult times in my life, um, and a lot of times, if you if you peel away everything underneath there with these underlying ideas and principles about life, when the chips were down, they get you to the next place. They get you to the next place, so you can finally get up, to so finally you could try again or do better, right? And I was. Thinking about, as I, as I hear the events of the day and that you deal with people, I'm driving home quiet oftentimes at night, and this loneliness, this unbelievable loneliness comes over you after hearing about the news of the day or you work with people. It's like the death of honor, the death of reverence. You feel it dying like a person in in hospice, that these things aren't valued anymore. Your word isn't a big deal. People don't think much about really keeping your word. Or what does it mean to have a dear friend? Not an associate, not a relationship based on commerce and exchange, but just a really good friend. And where did that honor and reverence for those people come from? It was because you went through things together. You went through things together and you saw them at their worst or they saw you at your worst. And you stood by and you maybe just sat and picked each other up. And each time you did that, it created a firm catalyst of that relationship. So the alchemy of that was that you went through something with somebody. And you weren't at your best. And there was no, um, there was no basic metric of exchange between you. It wasn't um, you give me this and I give you that. Though all-human relationships are based on mutual benefit. The benefit was much more subtle, much more refined, much deeper. Nature pours a vacuum, so wherever there was a missing piece that friend filled that piece up, that comrade, that person with a shared mission. And, and that in itself bound you with the cause Celebrate that you had with each other. That caused that esprit de corps between you and those people or that person. And it's not valued. We don't talk about that anymore. We, we measure depth and success by imagery and like superficial imagery, not even depth, but just story. More and more I hear stories being told that have no real context to any lineage. People just make up stories and they become famous and well-known and their names are repeated over and over and over as if they invented the, the cure to a disease. And so if you come through this era, it's exhausting. And I'd imagine for those of us who have opted out and are trying to be healthy and well, because those voices are so loud, you can't really hear the voices of honor, reverence, loyalty, sincerity. You just don't hear it. Maybe it's still there, but the other stuff is so loud. It's so loud, then. And so that's where I feel sad sometimes, because you're not understood. The, the 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 space between you and other like-minded people are very far. I was talking before we got on the podcast about cultural immersion and cultural, whether they call it, appropriation. I don't believe in things called cultural appropriation. Um, I think that we are common humanity. That exchange and share cultures with everybody we encounter. Our languages are based on a mixture of many different cultures, phonics, languages. There are many words in every language that means something else in another language, but it's a similar word with a common etymological root. Hell, the word pajama means the clothing of the Punjabi people. It really means the clothing of Punjabi people. So you dress like a Punjab at night. You know, there are many, many words in our languages that we have appropriated from others based on our nearness to them. And the nearer we are to them, the more we are like them. Um, I spend a lot of time growing up in martial arts. I was around a lot of uh, immigrants, uh, first-generation people from uh, different parts of Asia. And I understood it, and there's friends I have to this day from my martial arts years as a child that I just don't see them separate from me. And then we'll both read weird articles about anti-Asian violence and all that. And we'll sit and we'll talk and have very, as John Day said, we'll have conversations with pure candor, very open conversations. And they'll say, why is this? Why would black people hate Asians? Why do Asians hate black people? Well, we talk like that because we are one with each other. We interact with each other every day. So for us, it's weird. It's just weird. But for others, it's common. That's why it's in common media. For most people, that is their narrative because of their own isolation, their own group sensibility. And I can feel the sickness of it. It's like walking in a room with bad odor. You go to somebody's house and there's bad odors, but they live in the house, so they don't smell the odor. You know what I mean? Or you go away from your house for the weekend, you didn't dump the garbage, you walk in and say, Whoa, what was that? But if you were there every day, you don't smell it. And it's the same way when you're just, when you don't get out. You can't smell your own stink. So you're attacking all these other people, and you're pontificating on what they should, might, could have done, and you don't even know them. But once you get to know them, you, uh, it's a whole nother layer of pages of opened in your understanding, and your mind becomes healthier, more fluid, your world becomes more available to you. It's not them versus us, and all these kinds of things are going on. You're more open to new ideas. You can. I was talking to. I was driving down the street this weekend. I saw one of my masters, Chinley, a beautiful, uh, beautiful woman. All of my students go to her, and I just yelled, "Hi, Chinley!" You know, I saw her in the car, and it was so embarrassing. And she just. I called her. She said, "You crazy, Z? You better come and see me." And it was just so sweet. You know, it was just she treats me like I'm a little kid. I need that. That felt good. There's a closeness there. So when I read that Chinese hate black people, black people hate Chinese, I say, well, then what am, what am I? I'm from the place Joe Rogan said, the deepest, darkest place in Africa where people run around naked. We don't run around naked. We wear raffia. It's called raffia. It's too hot to be wearing a bunch of shit. And we we kick back. We got, we got it like that. We got pretty bodies. We just hang out mm-hmm. until we got to go to work. But I feel like, you know, she's family to me, man. And and I come from a time where we could have conversations. And when we have those close conversations, you get to know people. They get edgy. They get awkward. Some of my friends have said stuff that people would deem as very racist. They've said crazy stuff. But I knew their heart. And I knew why they said what they said. And I was able to help them understand that. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But when we don't have a society, we don't value honor, reverence, we can't do that. Everything is about the cheap fix, the cheap thrill. Then let me get mine. I'm okay to hell with you. It's like I think about years ago when they talked about the Screaming Lady event in New York. This is years ago. Back in the 60s or 70s, there was a woman who was being murdered over many hours and she would scream and crying and begging for help and people listened to her for over eight hours and no one came to her aid and people were warning, this is where we're headed as a society. We're here now. We're there now. Where your internet influencer moves and shakes and creates conversation, but they did nothing for humanity. Nothing. The hero Honoring heroes seems to be dying. I'm not going to say it's dead. Because amongst the opt-outs, we still honor our folk. We still honor each other as an exercise in health and well-being. When I see the crisis of mental health that they're talking about, where more and more people are acknowledging they're unhealthy, their thoughts are unhealthy, their behaviors unhealthy, and the more that in, in common media you see the stories of of outrage and people acting out disproportionately to what we've ever seen before very completely disproportionate you say what's going on what's wrong what's wrong well that's wrong when we when you value honor friendships loyalty sincerity it has a very humbling effect on you overall I can be a very simple person with my master and with my peers. They honor my abilities, my skills, and my knowledge. But not because of what they get from it, but they understand my journey. And they honor my journey. And they look at it and they're they're very reverential of the journey. I've seen you go through things and I like the way you handled it. I've seen you fall down and stand up again. right? It's why we honor Ali, not because he won every fight. It's because he got up and tried again under great adversity. So we honored and and we elevated him to a deity. We lionized him because of that, because it's not common. So for those of us who are really trying to navigate this world, I find that I feel like a dinosaur, like something going extinct. But while we're here, let's ride it. I, 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 I was just sharing with everybody. I don't want to trade with anybody else. You know, Peace, you and I were just working out before we started. I'd always tell Peace whenever he's come over, we're going to do a little workout. And I see him and Jonte and all these guys are, you know, I have a son their age. And whenever I'm around them, it's like, it's like old lion playing with young lions. You know what I'm saying? It's such a good feeling. It's a really, no, it's genuinely a good feeling to share. And I say to share. It's not just Z spitting stuff. They enlighten me. They share their journey, their experience with me. And I gain from that. And then in turn, I filter that and share minds. And it is because I was raised with the idea of the, 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 the honoring of lineage and line. Honor where things coming from, admire where it's going, and nurture the process. And that, in exchange, the collateral benefits I got with it is good health as I age. I'm pretty healthy, huh, fella? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: my, the basic workout I did was, you know, that was a lot, you know, but I but you you don't give up you know and I think that everything that we're we're speaking about right now goes like there's so many things it's a lot and I think we're numbed Mm -hmm. like the world is just numb um going through the process of being numb you're not able to understand or not aware of what's actually happening what's actually going on right now because of being numbed there's a process uh I think that when we're speaking about honor and uh reverence um, to respect ourselves right? to get to know who we are ourselves to understand that when you you respect someone or something it goes that much deeper and respect is in in the whole entire world but because we are not we have not slowed down the time has has actually sped up Mm -hmm. so we don't take time to actually just Mm -hmm. sit back and really think um, I used to own a restaurant called Think That I named it And my friends didn't understand why I named it Think it was for people to come in there And actually take the time to think uh, What's going on And it's not about what's going on with others Because there's too many, too many distractions If you're trying to figure out what's going on With other people's lives You gotta figure out what's going on In your life To get yourself together Right So through the process of What's going on in the world And adding the social media Which we spoke about In our last podcast Like it's major right now um, um, That Part so if we can like minded people, when you saying you feel that there's not too many people that are like minded who want to take care of their health, who want to continue to learn, who want to like give give knowledge, give information, uh, not only just to yourself but to others, we need it because there are others out there, but it is far too far in between. It is that we're too loud, yes. That's, we rather go ahead.
3: That was the not to cut you off. Uh-huh. To add on to that, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say, is that it's where we've numbed ourselves mm-hmm. because there's so much volume. Um, when you spoke about the restaurant, my first thought was, when I was drinking, when I first started training with up I was drinking heaven, mm-hmm. and the whole reason of that for me was to numb it. The silence was too loud, yeah. so when this wasn't going, when the music wasn't going, when whatever was happening in life it wasn't happening right. the silence is too loud mm-hmm. i can still hear it i need to numb that that voice inside of me because i don't know how to honor myself right. there were days that i came in to train and the night before that we had been up all night just going right. and then i'd come sweated out of my pores and i'd realize like yo i'm killing myself
2: You're working much harder
3: you know what I'm, I'm killing, like, this is, I'm poisoning myself just to not hear the noise. Wow. And it's like, okay, you know what? Something has to change. Because if it doesn't, I won't be here much longer. Right.
2: It's true. As you think about, we think about, um, just, just think about New Year's. <sighs> New Year's Eve. Just think about that. If people speak, uh, I guess you're supposed to make, um... A, Resol- a resolution Resol- going into the new year, yep. <laughs> right? But I'm still going to go out and do the drinking. I'm still going to go out and do the party. I'm still going to do that be- day before, or the evening before, or the morning before, right? An hour so, before, an hour, yeah, right. <laughs> so how is that going to be changed? Now, now, you can condense it, right? In the restaurant business, we call it uh, condense and consolidate. So that's something um, you condense and consolidate the life. You be you begin to 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 what's needed and what do we not need? Right. Similar conversation to that, right? Because we have to, we need to slow down. Everybody's level of what they're going through is different. Everybody has a different level of what they are going through. So we begin to have been taught. I used to be superficial, and what I mean by that is. Being raised how I was raised By a military father mm-hmm. Oh, let me give you well, This is an example My mother married a man Who was very uh, Superficial Because I didn't have a relationship With my father Until I was 10 I loved my stepfather More than I love my father mm-hmm. My blood father he was flashy. He bought me a go-kart and this and that. But when he would call and say he was going to come pick me up to get a haircut, he never showed okay. up. Mm-hmm. But my father, when I moved with my father, because he was so militant, it was no collar shirts in a drawer, you get a whooping. White shirts in a drawer. It was this lifestyle that I didn't understand the military or even really understand him. He didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. So when you move into a your father's house, your dad' house, who truly do love you, but don't know how to show it, of communicating that, you began to have, there was distance, there was, we we clashed Mm -hmm. very heavy until two years ago. And it was really learning, taking the time to learn how to play the game. Knowing that this man took me to get a haircut every two weeks, put a roof over my head. That was the most stability I ever had in my life. My mom, we moved every year. Going back to it, my stepfather used to hit my mother. Mm My father, he raised me. Said, "If you ever put your hands on a woman, I'll kill you. If you ever have a baby by a woman, you don't take care of the baby. I'll kill you. There's no lying. Right? That's how I was raised. But did right, right? the yeah. honor of that, but did not uh, really <coughs> did not really understand mm-hmm. to years to come mm-hmm. why when when someone says people are moving around throughout this world and, they, and saying you're a king, well, what makes that person a king?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? If what they're not Exactly We're well, not being okay. a provider Not taking care of their business Those and type of things That diminishes
1: the concept of king Correct <laughs> That like, really lowers the bar
2: that, Right So I've explained to young men And older men I just don't walk around Calling people a king, king. No. How do you know that person's a king Like So we have to take the time And really Again Understand Learn ourselves To be able to Not judge others Because we're all Going through something. Every single Every one place. of us Are going through some Thing And by Understanding that, you begin to know how to uh, treat people a certain way.
1: You That's such a good point. I just think right away, this idea that we immerse ourselves in understanding. You bathe yourself in knowledge. And to do that, you have to step away a bit. Yes. Because like you said, when you were young, you were not mature enough to understand your father's ways. And later on, as a grown man, you valued his ways, and there's a lot of time in between the growth and so forth. And so too, when we talk about respect of the self, um, I always am very careful with words because the word respect is to re, to look, relook, and spectacle. Do you can you look back and see yourself? So. I can't respect someone that I can't see myself in. And if I don't respect myself, I can't respect anybody. And so the first thing we work on is the idea of how do we see ourselves and then humble that down a few notches so that we can do real clear assessments. And that's why if we study, pursue knowledge, do our workouts, then you can say at the end of the day, here are the things that I did to hone myself, to nurture myself, to cultivate myself. If you haven't done those things, there's nothing worth looking back at that you would want to emulate. It's really simple. It's really simple, people. And as we move into this world where there are so many surrogates to the self, we have the digital surrogate. You can go online and you can hit a button on your uh, smart device and change your looks. right? What they call it? Filtering. And then everybody that imagines you imagines a filtered version of you. Yes. And then when they meet you, they're very disappointed because they respect what they saw and they want to connect to that. But when they see what they see, Correct. it is called what? Catfishing. What is that that you do to girls? Catfishing. I think that's what you guys call it. Gaslighting. That's,
3: no, that's, that's that's different. Different.
2: Okay,
1: different. whatever. Was Look, you, Caitlin, don't just roll your eyes at me. I don't know all these terms you guys use.
2: What be the term Caitlin,
1: Caitlin was telling me she was like cisgender oh, or, yeah. or bilateral or something. I don't bad. know what all this stuff means, okay? I'm from a I'm from another place. We used to have the bilateral commission, but I Caitlin was saying, Well she's you know, trilateral or something. Look, I, it's too complicated. It's too complicated. Is
2: that involved my cat?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, good God.
2: I was, say it was that? It,
1: well, it, 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 they know, they know. I'm not, I'm no, not know. yeah, well, you've you got to get the book. You have to get the, okay. you have to get the glossary, okay? Um, so I, I think that when we, you know, stay on in, in this direction, uh, for me, the troubling thing is that those are deep values I hold. Like, I value the people in my life. I, not just because what they offer my life, but what I've invested in them. You know, you put something in. People don't put anything into people. They don't put anything into it. And then that's okay. And that's okay. It's not okay. Not to me, but maybe in you know in another dimension of life. And I think that's one of the things that, that when I see the breakdown of health, stability, I, I ask questions. I said, how... Can you possibly be emotionally healthy and your heart is closed? How can you possibly have true connection with people if you can't talk freely? People don't have to agree with everything you say. We come from very different, even if we're raised in the same house, we perceive those experiences differently. So how do we want people that are just replicants of us? right? And then us, we don't even know us. We're an empty vessel. And so then you wonder, hey, why are these people so unhealthy? Why are there so many suicides? Why are there so many this? It's obvious why. As a human being, we crave connection. We crave quiet, intimate, trusting connection. If you're too busy, if you can't sit still, how does your dust settle? I find... Sometimes just hanging out. You know how we just hang out? Yes. We Working on your car the other day, hanging out in the rain. Raining. Rain, you know, it, but, but, rain. but that wasn't a new thing for me. Right. right. That was a very comfortable place for me to be because, you know what, not only are you investing in each other, you're learning the character of people. Because yeah. what was cool is I was getting to know you, I'm working on your car, and you took care of my child. Just organically took care of my child while I was doing that. That's called trust. That's how you build trust. You can't just say something, okay, you can trust me. No, that's what used car salesmen say. You can trust me. No, I can't. I really can't. (laughs) When somebody says, you can trust me, and you haven't really been through anything with them, you cannot trust them, okay? That's like a sign that you shouldn't trust. Keep your hand on your gun at all times when somebody says that, right? Oh, you think I would do that to you? Yeah, no, I know you would do that to me, given a chance. Because I need to see you in the rain. I need to see you under duress. I need to see you in a tight spot. I need to see you trying to make the clock or adjust your schedule for me. And I do the same for you. You understand? And then after a while, it gets easy. It's uh, It's another kind of commerce that I was speaking to you earlier about, Vin. That's quantizing those little experiences. Those little experiences layered and layered and layered create the, the cable of a relationship. A single spider web is not that strong. But you get 10,000 spider webs and wrap them together and they're the strongest cable known to man. So every little thing, every little web we weave with one another develops the character of deeper relationships. Take that away and what do you have? Nothing worth having. And then when that thread is broken, your mental health is fragile. I think about the situations of the moment and the rise of the influencer era, and not just knocking them, but everything that goes along with that. That we can be rewarded and made famous. For not doing anything for humanity. I think it's great if there are people who are doing things that are enlightening humanity. That's what we're trying to do with our work. I hope that for the opt-outs and people like that, that we come up with nice ideas how to navigate the world. Because I'm seeing common challenges and problems with people. I see people are lonelier than I've ever known. They have because the, the, this, this idea that we can't communicate without offending, so that's a problem. So the bar of offense becomes lower and lower and lower. Almost anything offends people. So people just don't talk to each other. People just don't talk to each other. I know couples that don't really talk to each other. It's bad. Family rifts because they're upset by something you said. Whether it was true or not doesn't matter. Whether it was relevant, It's just the fact it didn't make me feel good. So this race to the bottom, this race for everybody to feel good all the time, the very physics of that, the very way that you pursue endlessly pursuing comforts makes comfort elusive. I just, it's like, uh, I I remember years ago when someone came to Tai Chi, he had never done Tai Chi and was upset because they didn't know Tai Chi. They were upset with me because they, I said, do you see how the?" So every, they wanted to be really good. And then I remember we used to have a beginner and an intermediate class. And, and all the people used to want to go to advanced class. You get somebody right off the street. And they say, I want to take the advanced class. I said, have you ever done it before? No, but I pick up really quickly. I said, so they get in the class and they say, oh, can they slow down? I say, no, that's the beginner class. I don't want to be called a beginner. I said, well... I can call you a cab or an Uber and you can get the hell out of here. And they were very upset. And that's when this trend began. And I saw it more and more. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to be the best without first being the worst.
3: So that brought several things to mind, but I'll synthesize it down. Um, When you talk about, we talk about candor. Something that comes to mind, I, I wonder, knowing your background... And knowing like, you know, you came up around my family, families have known each other for however long. How much of that do you think is the circles that you were in versus society at large?
1: Well, I think, yeah, that's a good point because of the things that I was drawn to and interested in were always things that had that sort of nobility. I was always drawn to martial arts, not just for the skill, but I loved the community of martial artists. I loved the idea of the bow of respect and the return of the bow, the level of skill and the journey to skill. I also knew people who readily sacrificed themselves for greater ideas, be it intellects, be it people involved in social movements. They were willingly ready to make great sacrifices. So that's all I was really around. And as I got into the world, when I saw people who lack that, I never was drawn to that. I never found cowardice or things like that attractive. I never found the person was really, really quickly to bail out on others. I, I never found that person an admirable, someone I wanted to be like. So you make a good point, and it goes to even a worse point for me. that I feel more like a dinosaur just answering that question. Um, and it may have to do with, with what I was around. But I look now at the reward of that moment as I sit with you guys, and it's given me pretty much a muscle-bound spirit and a muscle-bound soul. And it's carried me through things that many people did not make it through. Um, I've never lost the passion for the pursuit of knowledge and understanding, when many people have. So, yeah, it has a lot to do with the circle of comfort that you find yourself in. And the circle of discomfort. Like sometimes I was around very uncomfortable people. And I've shared that with you, but because they had knowledge or something that I valued and respected, I focused on that and not the temperament or personality of the person. Because there are people that were very talented and very disciplined, but very, were very tyrannical as characters because some of them were damaged or some of them had uh, low dimensions, high frequency but low dimensions of their ability to interact. You see that in artists. You'll see an artist who's really good at art and nothing else. People should never ask a basketball player their opinion on you know the polar ice caps and global warming. You should probably ask a meteorologist. But don't ask that meteorologist to lay a three-pointer up because they haven't invested their energy or time in that. So I've always learned to revere people for their station. So whatever that is, and, and luckily my mentors and things taught me that right. so that I could judge less the overall person, look specifically at what I was there to entertain or gather from that person. Because you find people that are immersed in disciplines, but they don't do other things well. I can use myself, for example. I'm, I'm relatively well-read. I'm well-versed in certain things. I understand medicine, engineering, all that really well. Um, but I don't understand a lot of social things. You guys have called me on that. I'm completely blind when it comes to certain things that I'm not interested in. Right? And so I'm trying to learn and be better. That's why I, I try to surround myself with younger people so I can learn these things a little better. And just for the sake of learning, I don't have an end goal. I just want, I find that, that knowledge is the elixir of life, it is the thing that keeps you inspired. I'm excited about the books I read. Go to my house, I pull a book. It's exciting. I'm excited to hear things that are interesting um, that that, that, that I, I find that awakens me or skill. I've always admired people with skill. Whatever the skill is, I admire skill and the journey to skill because I've always felt that you could do anything you want if you commit yourself to it. And that's something I learned from from, from my mentors is if you see something and you want to know it, just pour yourself into it. If it's la- you want to learn another language, pour yourself into it. And I, I, I like that. Um, I would say getting back on, on topic where this idea of valuing, having the value for honor, uh, having reverence, the ability to, to be reverential, um, they have such a powerful humbling and tempering effect on a character. And we found that in, in, in neuroscience, that a person with an open mind tends to stay healthy for all the days of their life. They have a good, good mind. They tend not to succumb to the degeneration of the mind and neuroatrophy because they're always recreating and learning about themselves. You know, I can take decade to decade or five-year periods of my life and see my own growth, where I might have had strong values or opinions about things, and that's changed. You know, my rigidity in certain areas of life have dissipated and it's allowed me to weather the normal ups and downs of life a lot better to stay flexible and fluid. And that's really the way you move through life. You follow us, Ben?
0: Yeah, as I'm listening to the conversation and just thinking about some of the benefits of honor and reverence, we talked about relationships and actually I had this conversation with a friend of mine this morning about how you can deal with someone who hates you if you know that they'll kill you any opportunity that they get. You can interact with them. You at least know where you stand. You know what to expect. If you know that they've got your back, conversely, you also know what to expect. But if you're dealing with people who don't have that integrity, who don't stand for anything, who are just opportunistic, willing to go in whatever direction, there's no way to relate to them. There's no predictability. There's no foundation for any interaction. And we think about how basic interaction is, as we're talking about, to the richness of the human experience, to our well-being, just coming and spending time with the people that we care about. It reduces the heart rate, the blood pressure, all of that. If you want that relationship, that's one big benefit of having honor, of being able to stand by your word, being able to be reliable, someone that people can trust. And yes, you might have to build that trust over time, as we talked about. Uh, But eventually, you end up with people where there is mutual trust. And that's a foundation on which you can build uh, some pretty incredible things. So that's one thing that comes to mind, Z, as we're talking. Another thing is anxiety, uh, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. If, again, you have shifting standards, you don't know what you stand for, you don't know what you believe in, You're willing to go in whatever direction you need to go. You're not sure how you're going to react to a situation because you're worried about how other people are going to react. You want to see what's most in your benefit versus having some some basic principle that you can rely on. All of that just makes life a lot more complicated. There's a lot more mental churn. There's a lot more calculation, a lot more analysis behind the scenes. Okay, How do I maneuver? How do I get in the right situation? How do I make sure that I extract the most for myself? And it can drive us crazy after a while. Uh, It just becomes too much. Just to live with ourselves becomes too much. And having that honor, again, that foundation, it just makes life a lot more simple, uh, more straightforward. So as we're talking about it, gives us a chance for that dust to settle down. Uh, I think about a third benefit. We've talked about reverence, having respect for tradition, respect for your own limitations, That goes into humility, and that's the openness that uh, we've been discussing. The fact that how can you really learn if you come into a situation saying, I already know everything, I have no respect for what, what someone else is going to give me, what they're going to teach me. I'm driven by ego. I've got to prove that I'm better than the people around me. There's no opportunity for development. And then what difference does it make if someone calls you an expert if they tell you you're advanced, What does it mean to be advanced if you can do something on your first day? Uh, That's a meaningless term, and maybe it satisfies the ego, but it doesn't do anything to advance our actual condition. So those are three things that come to mind, Z, as we talk about honor, we talk about reverence, maybe a nice counterpoint to what we see going on in the world uh, because there's so much of, of a focus on, again, the things that we can measure, the things that we can quantify, but if we step away from that and ask what really nourishes us, what makes this life worth living, I wouldn't say it's all honor and reverence. Uh, I do feel like you need some practical bent in life. You have to think about how to make money, about how to take care of the family, uh, about how to navigate certain relationships. Uh, but having that, that foundation of honor and reverence can get us a long way. At least it gives us the chance. You know, it gives us a chance— to lead a life that we care about to, to be someone that we're proud of to be someone that other people want to spend time with, uh, it gives us a chance to, to just sit still, uh, to be quiet, to enjoy the moment, uh, to, to cultivate knowledge, to improve ourselves. So those are the sorts of things that come to mind. I don't know Z, if that, if that gets to what you're talking about or what your experience is, but
1: it really does Vin. I, am. Um... I was kind of smiling when I think about this topic, and we're talking to the opt-out folks trying to develop a really healthy narrative of navigating the world and having uh, the ability to think, which is our project, is really about how to think for yourself. So let's go back to the mission. And so these topics that we bring up are provocative and stimulating in that way, and, and it pushes a person to think for yourself. Don't let other people think for you. Share and exchange ideas, but think for yourself. Most of the suffering and the chaos in the world is when you see large groups of people that just don't think for themselves. You see the political environment. There are people that are being drawn left and right based on whoever yells the loudest on a television show. And very, very intelligent people are locked into this kind of a-intelligence mode, anti-intelligence mode and they're waving the flag of their side and that flag is blinding them from what's going on in the world and it's undermining their general overall health. Because we are animals, humans are animals, and we need to engage our environment. And so when we learn things about reverence, honor, respect, it is not what people think where you've completely subjugated yourself to somebody and you're cow tying somebody. It's nothing to do with that. It's like when you hear weird stories of people uh, trying to pet alligators. And they have no reverence for nature. You know, an alligator eats them up. And now they're going to hunt the alligator. It's like it's an alligator. I respect it. I revere it. I honor it. That's what it does. I remember years ago uh, when I was in my younger years, like uh, uh, Jay and Peace here, Caitlin, when I was their age, I was uh, living in uh, on the traveling world, living on the East Coast part-time, running back forth to Europe. And I remember, I I, I wasn't a club guy, I never went to clubs, and so I would do things to meet women, I could meet them at work, or I could do, you know, I I had a a good martial arts practice, and I was involved in cultural things, so I would meet people there, and every now and then somebody would invite me out, and if the girl was really cute, I would go to a club or something with her, but it was really not my thing. I just looked at it the cost of admission, I would do something that I wasn't really familiar with, so I could hang out with the girl or whatever. And then the guy, somebody set me up on a, a blind date, uh, a double date or whatever you call it. I go out and there's this really beautiful woman there, but she seemed to be very disconnected from the woman. She was beautiful. And when you're young, uh, the beauty is like 90%, everything else is the, the rest of it. And this is when beepers were out, the first beepers that you had that you could send messages. So it was a little flat thing and she had never seen a beeper, right? I said, my God, how, how you never seen a beeper? Everybody has a beeper. Right? Back then, and and the cell phone was as big as a a huge cell phone. It cost like $10 a call. So you you would get a beep, and if it was really important, you would call. So I had the big cell phone that looked like a big water jug or something, and I had a beeper. And the girl was just fascinated with my beeper. You mean you can communicate? I said, hey, what? what?" She said, well, I've been away for a long time. I said, what, you've been out of the country? What what do you mean you've been away? She said, oh, you know, I, I don't know. If I get to know you, I'll tell you about where I've been. So of course I'm really willing to listen. She was just pretty. So whatever she said, whatever I had to do, kind of find out. She said she had spent about the last decade in prison. I said, oh, okay. So you really were away. You weren't. She said, yeah, I was in prison. I said, okay. She says that bother you? I said, I'm just here with you. I don't know anything about what you did. She said, well, I just need to be honest with you. Plus, part of my parole. As I need to be honest. I said, good God. I mean, she's a really cute girl. She probably stole something framed. She's too beautiful. And she says, no, I, I, I murdered a guy. I stabbed him with a knife 20, 30 times in his sleep. We were supposed to do this deal together. Something went wrong, and I felt disappointed, and I lost it. I, I said, Whoa. But of course, I'm the age of peace and Jaunte and Caitlin. so the desire to have intimate relationship where they're overwhelmed, the desire to survive. But I respected what she said. So I said, I'm gonna hang out with this alligator, but what I'm not gonna do is go to sleep next to this alligator. So I hung out with the gator, enjoyed my time with the gator, and in the wee hours of the morning, I was kind of dozing off because you can beat anything but sleep. Okay? It's an old line from an old movie called Vanishing Point. You can beat anything but sleep. So I started dozing off. And then my instincts kicked in. And I woke up and I looked over and she was glaring at me wide awake. I said, it's time for me to leave. Because this is probably when you're going to reach for a knife. And she says, oh, this is great, and I really look forward to seeing you again. I said, yeah, hopefully if I don't get called out of the country, I'll see you again. So I respected her. I revered my life, and I honored the situation. You understand, people? And thus, I am still here with you today. You guys understand? Have you been in situations like that? Yes. Yeah, I could tell. Framing.
3: Framing.
2: So I married a young lady in seven days.
1: She was that pretty?
2: Yes. Wow. And, um,. Um, you know two months in because of not knowing her which I <laughs> which I
3: to do in seven days <clears throat> which,
2: which which I completely understand that um, we got into a argument which triggered just trauma and you know found her in a tub where she had slipped her wrist so picked her out of the tub laid her down And spoke, you know, my mom consoled her and um, she spoke to me and let me know before she, two months before she met me, she did not want to live anymore. Great. You know, so uh, I told her that you need to, get. I I would love to get you some help because I know that how, how I am, I would love to be that person for you, which when you're with someone, they're not able to understand what you're saying. You're not able to help somebody that you're with in that sense, right? So me helping you is going to the place with you and well, you releasing you that trauma yeah. yeah right and uh, two months later uh, she didn't get the help and then we got a divorce
1: well, and it
2: was and it was it, it was the hardest thing was seeing her move that was the hardest thing because the fact of like I understood that some people who I've told this story to, Said so that you should have never married in seven days, but actually, it saved her life.
1: Mm.
2: Where she's married now, you know. Got help. Got help.
1: Got her medication. The
2: whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So if who's to say if we weren't if we did not get married and go that deep? Because somebody said, "Well, you'd have to marry her." Well, we wouldn't have ever got that date. Mm-hmm. We not moved in together right. and family and son. You know, like that was a whole family moving sure. to my home. So I that there is.
1: Uh, and Mike, you, you didn't know this. The slashes on her wrist. She didn't have any. Oh, she didn't. So it was it was <laughs> it
2: was the former, former partner, who completely verbally abused her, and the trigger from us. We was at a sushi spot in Santa Monica, and the suit that that triggered that. Wow. You know, and, that's and, deep.
1: That's rough, man.
2: And my lifestyle was. Um, my mother says it with me. I mean, for, I don't know. Probably over, since since high school. Uh, I always say, if the world was more open-minded, it'd be a better place. So now my mother, every time something goes on, she just she says it with me now because she's tired of hearing it so much. But it's just true. I've always lived a open-minded life due to my mother moving and grooving. No stability. Having a job for thirty years, but she was never. We never was stable in a home. We mm-hmm. moved every year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you move with a father, right? And then you see that you eat at the dinner table together. So my dad used to call me an accident my whole life, living with him. You're an accident. You was never supposed to be here. You're malnutrition. Your mama never fed you. So you in a home like that, it's like you just beating me up. So I used to sleep on the, we had our, we had a room, I had my room and I would sleep on the floor and my dad would come in and say, I'm going to whoop your ass if you don't get off the floor and get in that bed. Cause I didn't want to sleep on anything that he owned. I already had to live in the home. Mm-hmm. So I would slay, lay on the ground. Just a
1: rebel without a car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then I ran I ran away to Mexico for a whole week. Mm. And then my, my in high school, and my grandmother said, if you put your hands on him, I won't let him come back. You know? So my father said, he, he didn't put his hands, he put me on punishment, but he didn't put his hands on me and I moved back home. I didn't know it was in Mexico, I just went. <laughs> you know, I T.Y., that's where I went. I T.Y. stayed there for a whole week, you know what I'm saying? Like, so again, it's, it's, the fact of me just, I've learned to catch it and understand, but always focused on, oh, from basketball. Because I was an All-American basketball player and my jersey's in the gym and that type of stuff, I quit my senior year because of what I was going through at home the coaches understand. But then, I to get back on my Coach Vaughn and Coach Tachibana got to explain to people, they made me apologize to the whole team and do, I think, 500 push-ups or 500 suicides. Something insane that Coach talks about. Mm-hmm. But think about what I, like, not guts, but what did I, to be brave, mm-hmm. to go, to be the number one player, used to sit on a bench and want the team to lose because I know how I, I was the best player on the team. But then I said, why would we lose when now we're gonna be worst seat to go to CIF. They play against the hardest team, right. so I I had to understand that. I had to wake up I'm like, no, we need to win because I know we don't have the best players on my team. We about to play against Tyson Challenge two thousand two, two 2001, CIF, and it's like, you know, like we gotta win so we don't play the first round team who's going to win the the, the, the state final. You know, so I had to wake up and apologize and go through the process of taking that bravery and saying like, yo, this is not knowing. That everything was energy. I didn't start learning about energy. Like understanding what energy really is. Or using even using the word. Probably about five years. Mm-hmm. But I moved like that. I lived it. So someone who studies every day. About all these different things. Don't live it. Right. I live it every day. To make sure that I'm kind. And my grandmother. Uh, I don't know if I explained this to you before. But my grandmother got killed in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know what, what I'm saying? Exactly. got shot by M16. You know. Due for mental, it lost three people at three different houses the same day. You're telling
1: me,
3: about
2: it. you know, so it goes so deep in understanding that for me, there's no judgment. We all have pain, but um, some people see a smile while we move. Don't know exactly what's going on, and don't know the weight that's on us to be able to know that. For me, I believe I won't receive as much love that I put out, and that's. That I give out
3: mm. like
2: I, I won't receive that. Why? Because what my true calling is and I'm OK with that. So to see people that I'm around or whomever I'm able to help, they're helping me as well because they're doing exactly what they would like to do.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I share a, a good portion of that sentiment. I, I would just like to as we start to close for for all the folks that we're talking to and we have these nice conversations you know, when when Peace talks about this idea that you don't get the love back that you put out, I want to offer a correction of that because love is an intangible. And sometimes love is for the sake of love. It's not for any other thing. Just love because you can be loving. And, and it is, as we try to work on ourselves and be on this kind of arc of opt-out folks... Um, Think about what Rumi says or Khalil Gibran says on love. Love is is worthy of itself and it abides by itself. Don't ever stop yourself from being loving and open-hearted. And I would say in my 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 small experience in this short life is that be it bring you pain, bring you pleasure, bring you a tear or smile, uh, being open-hearted has had the side effect of strengthening my whole being. Yeah. As I said, I get to meet people, live amongst people. I have such, if, if if there were ever to be a portfolio of life, and the people I know, there would be very few people that could match my life in terms of people. And it's just because yeah. I'm fearless enough to be open-hearted. And so the love is like a stream. It just flows. And you can share it receive it, give it away, do it. And then it's different because you do go through episodes of barrenness. And the loneliness doesn't come from lack of love. It comes from lack of understanding. Some people, the, the, their their loneliness may come from lack of company or, or, or lack of something, a lack of the declaration of love or intimacy. Some people need dec- declaratives like, I love you or... I am thinking they need a note or things like that. But as you get to know yourself, you know what that piece is that fulfills you, what ingredient in the cake of life you need to make it just savory and just tasty enough. So I would say, think about this idea that let go of the idea that you will get the love back you give. Because love, you have to prove yourself deserving of it. You can't just say, I deserve love. Love says it, you deserve it. And that's just by being. You know, you you guys are all great people and, and with all of our perfections and imperfections. And uh, uh, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm going to end on that. What are your thoughts, Vin? Let's shut down the show. Yeah, my thoughts are
0: that it's been a cool conversation. Peace. appreciate the input. Jonte, always good to have you. So I feel like we got some good perspectives on this topic. And uh, love is a good place to end. It's always a good place to end. I would put it in the category of some of the more intangible things that we've been talking about fits with the honor and the reverence. I would just say step back and and focus on what's important. I mean, it's the same opt-out message that we talk about a lot. No need to chase standards that everyone else is chasing. Uh, Let's understand what brings us satisfaction peace of mind and move in that direction
1: hey Vin before you go I just want to ask you something real quick what do you think about you know a lot of the stuff in 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 common media mental health suicides you know you hear about uh, all this stuff and and what I think about is at that moment when all this stuff is happening when this anger and rage and not wanting to live, where's the love?
0: Yeah, my thoughts are that it's been a cool conversation. Uh, Peace, appreciate the input. Jante, always good to have you. So I feel like we got some good perspectives on this topic. And uh, love is a good place to end. It's always a good place to end. I would put it in the category of some of the more intangible things that we've been talking about fits with the honor and the reverence. I would just say step back and and focus on what's important. Uh, I mean, it's the same opt-out message that we talk about a lot. No need to chase standards that everyone else is chasing. Uh, Let's understand what brings us satisfaction, peace of mind, and move in that direction.
1: Because I just thought about that. I had the image, when I think about all this suffering and weirdness and the rumors of war, and, and I it's not a lightweight thing i i'm i i'm a pretty martial person i just think about when you got love in your life you're just not mad at people you know you you want to be here you look forward to tomorrow don't you
2: yes and basically just explain like the understanding of what is love what is unconditional love what is love you know well, that's because the, some that's people it. think that they have received love and that that which you received was not love
1: that's the question it. of the ages
3: huh yeah. you don't see it though no When you're in that place, you don't see the love around
1: you. Yes, and that's something we can all work on. Just, where's the love?
0: If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.